right, so tonight we're going to be talking about rescue. Have you guys had anybody tell you to do something? You, you Have you guys had anybody tell you you don't do something and you did it anyways? Yeah, maybe. There was some. There was a time I didn't listen to advice someone gave that was smarter than me, and I paid the price. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. Tonight, I feel like God wants to talk to me, or wants me to talk to you guys about rescue. Rescue has such different meanings, and I'm sure you can probably think of a few right now. The Webster's Dictionary defines rescue as to free from confinement, danger, or evil. In Psalms 18:17, it says, He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me. The word rescue can cause many different dramatic pictures to flood into our minds. It serves our emotions, and we ask if they were rescued. We ask if such and such person was rescued or how they're rescued and so on and so on. Hearing about rescue is always a thrilling thing to hear about. It's like, it's, well, no more. It's like, oh, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? It just gets your emotions going and just pumped up. What, Charlie? Well, you'll find out. Don't you worry. The ones that go in the water. A blue whale. So, all right, so here's story time, since everybody loves stories. Stories. So, I was a student. You taking my picture? No. Yeah, I paid. I, I, was a, I, was a, I was a student at a camp retreat for uh, when I was at uh, going to a church in South Carolina. And so, for our camp retreat, I was like, I don't know, ninth grade or whatever. We went to Florida in the wintertime. In Florida in the wintertime, it's like maybe a high of 55. It's not brutally cold, but it's not warm for Florida conditions. And so we were inside a room. We're going to the hot tub. And so I just had a swimsuit and a towel around my waist. We had to take an elevator, and the elevator was on the outside of the building. Super stupid thing. It wasn't on the inside where it's all heated, on the outside. And so me and the uh, three other people are in the elevator just wanting to go down from like the ninth floor to the first floor in the hot tub. And so, after a while, I was like, we are starting. I was like, what do you think is going to happen if we, if we all jump on the first floor? And so, I was like, I don't know if we should do it. So after a while, I was still thinking, talking back and forth. He's like, you know what? Let's do it. And so, right, let's see, where am I at here? So, okay. No. I'm in, I'm in the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the elevator. Going down. And so growing up in life, I've always been told, don't jump in elevators. It's not a good idea. And I was like, they don't know nothing. I'm smarter than they are. Exactly. And so as soon as the uh, elevator hit first floor, guess what we all did? We all jumped pretty hard. And the elevator stopped moving. And we were stuck in there for, I want to say, for about two hours with just a swimsuit on and a towel. It, It was miserable. I was like, I was like, I'm going to die in here. It was all claustrophobic, had no water. I was like, oh, no. And so that's a little story for you guys. I did go, so I was so happy to go in the hot tub after that. It was like so refreshing. It was great. There's my little story for you guys. You're welcome. There are many examples in the Bible of rescue. 
and even to everyday moments. From the Israelites, when God rescued them from Egypt, to Daniel, when he ended up in the lion's dead, and he was rescued then from being eaten, and even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they're tossed into the fiery furnace, and not a, even smell smoke was on them, not even a cinch hair or nothing, they're just rescued and protected right there. The more I studied and prepared for this message, the more I learned different areas in the Bible, how God rescued this individual person or this thing or that thing. It's just so much is in the Bible. You just don't ever see it half the time. Um, God rescues people so often, it's easy to think it's because of sheer luck. Like the time I... This was like when I was really young, I don't know, five or six. I was running alongside of a mountain, and so it was raining out the day before, so everything was all soaking wet. And on the mountain I was on, it was just, uh, it was a terrible fence. It had like one rub going through the side of the cliff, so you could basically just walk off and fall down. I don't know how many feet, a lot of feet. It wasn't that smart. I just let's shoot the people. And so anyways... I was out there running around, I was really young, and my mom told me, hey, slow down, don't be running down these, uh, down these narrow areas where there's a bunch of cliffs on the side. I was like, Psh, I ain't going to listen to you, I'm a kid. I'm instructable, I don't get hurt. <laughs> and so I, I started running, and then all of a sudden, I, before I know, I slipped on this pole, and I started going down past this rope, and it almost fell off the edge, and before I know it, my mom reached out and grabbed me and pulled me up to a safety, and so my mom starts praising God. I was like, oh, thank you. I'm, I was there for him. Thank you. I was able to rescue him. And my youngest brother, he was, eh, he's a, he's a brother. And so he responded to my mom saying, it's not God's fault. It's Brandon's fault that he fell off the mountain. You shouldn't be whatever, praying to God that, it's, that he didn't die or whatever. It's Brandon's fault. Great brother. Terrible. But that is such... So true to our lives. A lot of times we need to give God the praise, but a lot of times it's like, oh, that's just sheer luck. I, I did that myself, or God wasn't there for that. But a lot of times he is. You don't just don't see the fuller picture. And so we just need to praise God in every part of our life, no matter if it be something small or something big. He's there rescuing us. So right now we're going to play the first clip of Lion King. Oh, it's there. I was like, well, what's going on up here, Isaac? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let it happen. Ham.
you wee little one. Those are antelopes. Deer have antlers like this or whatever, and antelopes was like. All right, so in the first clip I just showed, or the second clip that you guys just saw, Mufasa is telling Simba all about the land he will inherit. What? Mufasa! Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. But anyways, yeah, Mufasa was telling Simba about all the land he will inherit and wherever the sun touches. That's like, that's a lot of land. It's like probably, I don't know, 50 miles or something from that rock, you can see. But he told him to avoid the shadowy place. And do you know why he said that? No? Yeah, for his safety. <laughs> hey, Quinn, I got something for you. <laughs> you lost the game. It is. Always packing. So tonight we're going to talk about Jonah and how he was rescued. Get Charlie, I just said why there's a whale. I said tonight we're going to talk about Jonah and how he was rescued. Jonah, a whale, a fish. Or however you do the fish thing. I, I thought it was cute. It's a fish. I Sorry, I... So a little backstory on Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach repentance to the people as God commanded. But Jonah did not feel like, but Jonah felt that the people of Nineveh were his enemies. He was like, I don't want to go help them out. I, I don't like them. And he wanted to see them punished. He didn't want God to give repentance to them. And so because of that, he didn't want to go. So in Jonah verse, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, Arise and go out to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tar Tarish? Tarshish from their from from the presence of the Lord. So right there God was telling Jonah to go to Nineveh to tell all the people to repent, or Nineveh will be overthrown. But Jonah had other plans. He decided to run away from God which isn't really that easy to do. No matter where you go, God's there. <laughs> you can't go past that, otherwise you fall off. And so Jonah decided to board a boat to run from God. And so resume the movie at third chance. Terrible for this kid.
<laughs> I would love that. Lion King's like number one. All you guys are wrong. It's okay to be wrong. So in this clip that you guys just saw, Simba decided to go to the elephant graveyard, even though Mufasa was like, hey, don't go there. It's not a safe place. Because Mufasa knew he was trying to protect him, okay? And when the hyenas found him there, they started chasing him around trying to get him. And that's not a fun thing. So Simba, he must have been like really scared all of a sudden. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to die. The hyenas, they're after me. So in Jonah 1.4, it says, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. All the crew members of the boat were freaking out because they thought the ship was going to go down, and they were going to die. So they started throwing, down, throwing off all the cargo of the ship and started to cry out to God. In the meantime, old little Jonah was just in the bottom of the boat, sleeping, not carrying them in his mind. He was like, I don't care. I'm still trying to run from God. You can't throw whatever you want at me. I'm, I'm Jonah. Oh. And so Jonah's sleeping in the bottom of the boat, and the boat's rocking and rolling. And the crew members kept trying to row as hard as possible to get back to dry land because they were, they were freaking out. They were like, we're going to die. Oh, no. And so nothing was working. No matter what they tried, no matter... What idea came to mind? They're still in this middle of this giant storm. And it's like, what do we do? So they go down, talk to Jonah. Jonah's like, hey, I don't know why this storm's happening. I'm trying to run from God. And they're like, what? Why, why are you on our boat? What are you doing? And so they had a, the crew members and Jonah are talking back and forth for a while. And Jonah's like, here, I got an idea. How about you guys throw me off this boat? And for I was like, no, no, we can't do that. We can't throw you off into this sea. And Jonah's like, it's the only way it's going to work. And so in Jonah 1.15, it says, So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. It's pretty cool. All those crew members are like, they saw that and they started worshiping God because it was like, this is insane. Let's worship him because we just almost died and then this happened. They knew right then and there that what Jonah was saying, that that was the true God. And so in verse... 117 of Jonah, it says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You guys know how long three days and three nights is? It's so long. Oh, how did I forget? It's oh. 72 hours. Thanks, Ian. It's been a while since I was in school. And so, do you guys know how bad a fish smells after you catch them or gut them? It takes so many washes to get the smell off your hands. It's like getting sprayed by a skunk. It's not fun. Tomato? What, your hands? Oh, what about a fish? See, Charlie knows what I'm talking about here. And the guts, oh, the guts, that's where the good stuff is. It's so much worse than the outside of the fish because, you know, it's guts and 
weird things that you don't normally see too often. So you can imagine what Jonah must have smelled and looked like after those three days. Very fishy. It must have been one sight that the people in Nineveh could not forget or take out of their mind because you see, just imagine you'll see somebody walking down the road over here that's been living in the, I don't know, the river, whatever river that rolls through somewhere around here. It's chilling in the river three days, three nights, and getting all messed up and like seaweed on him and his dirty water and dirty things. And he's walking through town. I was like, what? This guy, you couldn't take that image out of your mind. It's just, yeah. So anyways, while Jonah was in the belly of the fish, there must have been weeds wrapped around his head, a bunch of water and liquids all going around inside the belly, going up in him, him swallowing the water, him going underneath the water. I don't know. This, I, I've never been inside of a fish, so I can't really say what's inside of a fish besides, like, weird. Yeah, I'm good at a fish, but it's, it's just weird stuff. I don't know. I, I, would not admit, I would not like to be inside of a fish. That would be terrifying, terrible. This, ugh. Fishy. Same difference. Tomato, tomato. There's giant fish in the deep blue sea. Like, giant fish. All right, so anyways, during this moment of Jonah being stuck in the fish well thing, he, there's a clarity for him. You see, he had no place to run. He had no place to hide. He cannot no longer run from God and tries to like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do my own thing. And so he was cold, stuck, could not free himself. So the next thing he did, he had to re- rely on God to rescue him from his troubles. So during this little moment, he had a little talk with God. And in this prayer, it says in Jonah 2.9, but with this voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So right after he prayed that, oh, oh, there we go, good. The Lord spoke to the fish, and the fish vomited Noah, or Jonah back upon dry land. I bet he was pretty happy after he prayed that to God. He was like, sweet, I'm rescued. I'm going to go do whatever you want me to do now, God. So play the fourth part.
Lion King is such a great movie. Everybody should watch it at least 20 times in their life. So in that clip, you can see how Mufasa saved Simba from the hyenas, just like how God saved Jonah from the raging sea by sending a big fish to rescue him from the crazy waters. So after being on dry land, God talked to Jonah again, tell him to go to Nineveh and tell the people to repent from their sins. And Jonah went there willingly. He told the people to repent, guess what? The people of Nineveh did so. The people of Nineveh took to a fast and put on sackcloth. And even the king repented to repented and turned to God for forgiveness. And God spared uh, Nineveh from destruction. How much easier would it be if we were to submit to God, God's plans, and not try to run away from them, like Jonah? How much discomfort must we go through to see what God is trying to tell us? So earlier I was talking about being stuck in the elevator, though I never said how I was rescued. <gasps> so after waiting all those two hours in the elevator, trying not to freeze or pee, likely I went to the bathroom before the elevator. Smartest move you guys can ever make in life. Just in case. Always pee before an elevator. Life left, life less than 362. Pee before an elevator. And so, and trying to tell the lady on the speaker where we're at in the hotel, there's like, I don't know, four or five different elevators. They're like, no, not that one on the east end, over here on the west end, I think. And they go over there, no, not that one on the north end. I'm like, I don't know what floor we're on. Nothing works here. It's cold and we're freezing. My mind's not working right. And so after a while, they finally found what elevator we're on. I was like, all right, just hang on in there. A couple more minutes, we'll be there to, to rescue you. And so... I don't know where the doors just finally opened up, like, oh, I can see the lights. We're saved. We're saved. And so when they opened the doors up, we were so grateful they rescued us that there were firefighters on the other side. So we all went out and started hugging them, like, oh, thanks for saving us. We're, we're so happy now. We're no longer stuck in a metal box. There's nowhere to go. And this was before cell phones. You could imagine the boredom. And so, yeah. <laughs> I, Probably, I want to say, 09, so, yeah, no, no, I didn't have cell phones. I was, okay, they did have cell phones, but I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, it was flip phones. Flip phones. Okay, so anyways... So anyways, yeah, we were so grateful we started hugging the firefighters. And the, the, this whole time, the leaders down at the pool were like, hey, where are these guys at? And they had no idea. And so, a little fun part about it. Great leaders. Don't do that, leaders. Know where your kids are at all times. And so, I left that retreat knowing that God will rescue me at any point in my life, whether it be stuck in an elevator, me almost falling off a mountain, or even... Just random stuff that happens to me at work or even driving around Anaconda in my Jeep. When I break down a lot, it happens. And so I know he will be there whether it be my lowest time in life or my highest time in life. Like how God rescued Jonah from the raging sea or how like Mufasa rescued Simba from the hyenas.
God wants to rescue you from your crazy life and lead you to the correct path.